Let us now look at one way to exacerbate fissures. This will underline the ways and means of subversion in general. A sort of super case study to study and underline those methods and resources of subversion, subterfuge, and sabotage. The phenomenon is the conspiracy theory. And it can act in the following ways with regards to subversion. One, it can act as subterfuge or diversion to plans and programs to draw an audience's eyes towards fiction or a partial fiction while subversion is occurring. It can act as a means to make people distrustful of a government, a military, top scientists, or societal leaders when the conspiracy theory involves distrust of authority. It can act as a means also to divide populaces further politically and socially, especially when the conspiracy theory focuses as a villain on another political party, another sect of society, or another ideology. This can be accomplished in an almost limited number of fashions. For example, the Kremlin and Beijing have taken memes and ideas distrustful of the pandemic and supporting QAnon ideas, memes and narratives that originated in the United States and simply played them back to U.S. citizens, perhaps further solidifying true believers and flooding the information environment so that fence-sitters may perhaps give the conspiracy theories another consideration. At the very least, these bots, trolls, storytellers, and amplifiers through multiple intermediaries often may cause the target government and target mainstream society to think there is a bigger problem than there really is, forcing the government to expend precious resources, time, and to focus internally. In this podcast, I will describe some of the phenomena of conspiracy, theor- conspiracy theories so that we can better understand their strengths and potential weaknesses. Throughout and afterwards, and in seminar, please begin to think of strategies to squash conspiracy theories, to lessen their impact, and counter collapse ways in which adversaries and competitors turn these conspiracy theories into weapons of subversion. There are a thousand one hypotheses on how and why dangerous conspiracy theories end. There is no consensus. Mostly they are guesses. They can include a range of strategies from glasnost or surgical information campaigns, counter-messaging by trusted actors, listening to those lost in conspiracy theories, showing patience and grace and empathy, while asking questions so that some will disavow perhaps themselves of false, errant, and perhaps dangerous beliefs and behaviors. A use of humor, engaging people, not ostracizing them, not shaming them. Otherwise, believers may actually further solidify their dangerous beliefs and actually be pushed to radicalize and even on occasion to mobilize to violence. But as prelude to solving conspiracy theories that are dangerous to national interests, I'm not speaking about those that are benign and entertaining, let's first start with key features of why even the most intelligent, diligent, and caring people may fall into the rabbit holes and echo chambers of conspiracy theories. I am currently, as I speak, completing a chapter on the phenomena of conspiracy theories that can inform how to conduct subversive warfare and how to better strengthen resilience and societal capacity against those conspiracy theories 
that can potentially be exploited to undermine national security and national cohesion. Some ideas we've already covered. Some ideas are already widely understood. For these, I'll skim. For other phenomena, I'll do a deeper dive. The following are 26 phenomena of conspiracy theories. Many overlap. The list is not exhaustive, and some will undoubtedly be updated and debunked in future studies. My favorites, meaning, my favorites, meaning they are academically interesting, but morally reprehensible and atrocious and toxic, are numbers 14 and numbers 21 of the 26 phenomena. Number one, need for excitement and entertainment. Homo sapiens have not evolved biologically or cognitively from being hunters and explorers. Danger around every corner. Failed hunts meant starvation and death. An accident meant death. Sometimes taking a small vessel into the seeming ending into the seeming end of the world on the seas was necessary to flee enemies or to find new sources of food. To varying degrees, humans have a need for some danger and adventure, without which Homo sapiens would have gone extinct long ago. Many people, sometimes believers, but more often enthusiasts of fiction and what could be, are driven by excitement of wild conspiracies. They can be quite entertaining, frankly. This may allow some conspiracy theories to linger, this is normally harmless. The belief, for example, that Elvis is still alive, for example, or that vacations, uh, people taking vacations to see the Loch Ness Monster. But, of course, if it exacerbates existing psychoses, such entertainment may be psychologically damaging for some people. Number two, attribution of responsibility slash agency amid chaos. So attribution of responsibility or agency amid chaos. According to Van Houten, a conspiracy theory has the ability to provide enough rationale for at least a perceived comprehensive explanation. The key concepts that make this possible is the attribution of responsibility. And now in my words, the idea that unrelated fanatics, for example, would assassinate JFK and his brother, along with social trailblazers, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, in half a decade, is simply too frightening and random and cruel for some people. It may, so the thinking goes, be more comfortable to think that there is a certain order, no matter how nefarious, behind such murders, an attribution, an agency with a will and a plan. Especially when it comes to a virus, the sheer randomness of something with no conscious, no meaning other than to copy itself, mutate, and kill at seeming random is difficult for anyone to accept, especially that the virus is invisible to the human eye and often even attacks those with resilient immune systems. Making it a fiction for government overstep or making the virus a conspiracy of a cabal of shadowy puppeteers is even less frightening than a virus that spreads and kills silently, invisibly, and seemingly at random, at least to some people. Number three or excuse me, let me finish up with number two. According to Rainer Zittelman, the search for culprits is an inevitable feature of every crisis, whether it is an epidemic, natural disaster, or economic crisis. 
He goes on to say, and I quote, in some cases, disasters were also interpreted as punishment for sinful actions. Number three is a political need for scapegoat. To maintain or increase power, whether in a clan, community, social uh, social movements, corporations, or governments, and to keep a veneer of innocence, conspiracy theories can be weaponized to blame others for misfortune or crises. For example, a local government fumbles its public health care and communications response in the early days of a pandemic. Instead of being honest about mistakes or lassitude, instead of looking forward to improving policies to save lives and livelihoods, that government may point to a fictional culprit in an attempt to free itself of blame. This, that is to redirect attention to an outside party and keep some attempted semblance of competency and legitimacy. As Rainer Zettelman suggests during the first month of COVID-19 pandemic, and I quote, depending on the country and prevailing political ideology, different scapegoats for the coronavirus crisis are currently being denounced around the world. In China, absurd conspiracies are propagating claims that the virus was developed by the United States CIA for use as a bioweapon. Rumors are also being widely circulated in Russia and Iran that the coronavirus is a U.S.-made bioweapon. Number four is disparate societal buy-in can strengthen belief. Conspiracy theories can make strange bedfellows. For example, QAnon has found bases uh, has found bases that include libertarians, New Age healers, self-declared conservatives, yogis, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, Marxists, and even self-declared modern liberals. If you are a self-declared quote-unquote leftist, and you see that a few libertarians came to the same conclusion as you on a conspiracy theory, you may have a false sense of proof. You may feel that if others with competing goals and agendas agree on a theory, there may be a level of objectivity to the quote-unquote truthiness of a wayward theory. Number five, a need for patterns and stability. People look for meaning and certainty. From infancy, homo sapiens seek causes for effects. When effects occur without known causes or causes have no seeming effect, people look for some greater meaning. Some people are so desperate for certainty that they are willing to pay or even give up their livelihoods or lives for a belief that offers meaning. And on the other hand, there are some people that will exploit this need for certainty for material gain. These two types of people fuel conspiracy theories and even cults. According to Sarah Sloat, and I quote, the world is a scary and unpredictable place, and that makes your brain mad. As a predictive organ, the brain is on the constant lookout for patterns that both explain the world and help you thrive in it. The ability helps humans make sense of the world. Sometimes people sense danger even when there is no pattern to recognize, and so their brains create their own. This phenomenon called illusory, illusory, excuse me, pattern perception, they write, is what drives people who believe in conspiracy theories, like climate change deniers, 9-11 truthers, and Pizzagate believers. Number six is the Ramsey theory. The Ramsey theory can wreak havoc on the human need for patterns. According to J.T. Patrick, the Ramsey theory includes that, and I quote, Given enough elements in a set or structure, some interesting pattern 
among them is guaranteed to emerge. It emphasizes, that is the Ramsey theory, that while disorder is more probable in general, complete disorder is impossible. Conspiracy theorists may find patterns in song lyrics, speeches, signs, numbers, and other areas of events or locations that actually hold no meaning and are not statistically significant, especially when a conspiracy theorist is looking for a particular pattern structure structure or sign, he may find it in many things he sees or hears. They want to see a pattern. Number seven is a need to maintain positive self-image. Believing shadowy authors behind some world or local affairs allow some people off the hook for not succeeding in their own lives or professions by their own personal standards. These people, some analysts conclude, can blame conspirators or blame not being part of what is, quote-unquote, behind the curtains for their own dearth of self-worth. For example, if someone attends a university and fails to earn a degree, it may be easier for her or him to blame some sort of a rigged system or perhaps professors out to get them than to take personal responsibility. Number eight, past precedent of government subterfuge and abuse. The history of the world comprises a history of those in power or with money abusing power. Through subterfuge, governments have started wars on the flimsiest of theories and doubtful events. Fictions are created to try to justify crimes against humanity and immoral and sometimes deadly policies. So there is indeed precedence to distrust some governments some of the time. And conspiracies have a historical precedent. Some conspiracy theories point, for example, to past government crimes against humanity and add in a nugget or two of current evidence truths, quote-unquote, to underline the possibility of conspiracy. For example, some governments have a history of calling for emergency security measures during a crisis only to never lift these measures. The emergency measures become an excuse to enduringly shore up authoritarianism. When pandemic restrictions were implemented, many citizens throughout the world felt this could lead, in some cases, to permanent military states even after the pandemic hopefully subsides. Number nine, once people become true believers, it is difficult and painful to change. In some cases, conspiracy theories, especially if they are taught and believed from a young age, may become foundational narratives that shape our subconscious, shape how we see and sense the world. And breaking from such foundational narratives is not only difficult, but is physically painful. When a conspiracy theory has gained long-term traction in a person or community, these foundational narratives are internalized by populations and change their neural architecture. In this way, populations may become immune to outside unwanted ideas, alien values, and malign influence, no matter how, in their, from their perspective, no matter how truthful the influence may be. A brain may act similarly to an intellectual attack on your foundational principles as it does to a physical attack. So think if you're a conspiracy theory is part of your foundational values on how that would make you feel when people are trying to directly attack the ideas behind your conspiracy theories. The same fight or flight adrenaline kicks in. This is one reason why some people redouble their beliefs in the face of un 
unsubtle, undiplomatic arguments against their views based on seeming evidence. People will sometimes outright assault someone who questions beliefs near and dear to the heart. Number 10, a lack of basic understanding of science and the scientific process. Science should be a verb. It is the process by which researchers try to find inconsistent evidence against hypotheses to develop theories. Then future studies attempt to find inconsistent evidence of past theories. Therefore, findings, conclusions, and theories continue to progress and sometimes change dramatically. Without an understanding of this, a person may believe that scientists and researchers keep changing their minds and are wishy-washy when in fact this is how research is conducted. Scientists, in theory, attempt to improve our knowledge of the universe and in time attempt to become more precise, more accurate, and more correct. Number 11, isolation and humiliation from non-conspiracy theorists weaken cognitive processes. Let me explain. The shame and humiliation of some conspiracy theorists may drive them to isolation. When feeling truly shunned and isolated, they often turn to unhealthy behaviors, one of which is often a doubling down into the rabbit holes of conspiracy and conspiracy yet further. Isolation rarely brings people out of the online world of conspiracies to real world family and social networks, but instead impels people to delve further into potentially psychologically hurtful online groups that do not offer true sense or a true sense of social worth, but instead a fleeting fiction of a tribe and perhaps even more outrageous fictions. Now, there's a flip side to this number 11, and that is the need to feel part of a pack of other conspiracy theorists. Let me explain. Likewise, when shunned and humiliated, a conspiracy theorist may attempt to find some sort of community. If she is successful, she can dull her sense of isolation and the extreme health risks with a group of fellow conspiracy theorists, especially in person. She can feel a new quasi-clanism, escaping the pain of being alone with those that will further feed their ideas. In other words, instinct may drive conspiracy enthusiasts into a deeper echo chamber, perhaps offline, to remain and strengthen their belief as a survival mechanism. Number 12, many social media corporate strategies reward polarization and radicalization. This is something we've discussed, so I'll briefly go over it. Most social media companies' business plans include keeping users on their platform for as long as possible. This is to collect and then sell user information to the highest bidders at any given moment in time. These corporations recruit addiction experts, such as those that once worked in Las Vegas and Reno, to advise on algorithms that will keep users glued to screens as much as possible. Twitter rage, clickbait, up next radicalization, each video outdoing the previous to keep the user entertained and sometimes enraged. Doom scrolling and other phenomena act to almost immediately push users into echo chambers. These phenomena may contribute to solidification of views and bias fallacies or bias fallacies. Strengthen belief in conspiracy theories 
only looking at cherry-picked ideas and evidence that bolster the user's view. 13, a lack of understanding of government bureaucracies. Most civil servant organizations do not have the acumen or desire for actual conspiracies. I think most of us can understand this. Most, many, or some, depending on government and the period of time, government employees are dedicated but unlikely to put in free overtime to create some mass conspiracy. If they had the ability or desire for mass conspiracy, they likely would enter the private sector to become master influencers and master corporate executives to attempt to accrue wealth. Also, a conspiracy requires extreme secrecy and subterfuge. The more people involved and the more people involved that are not dedicated to the cause, the more likely that any attempted conspiracy would be unveiled given enough time. Also, journalists want to uncover untoward government action with prejudice. Uncovering a conspiracy is a windfall for a journalist ensuring job security. Wealth from future books, respect by peers in the world, awards, and enduring fame. In other words, large conspiracies have a high chance of leaks and failure along with a motivated industry to investigate and immediately expose untoward affairs. In some cases, government agencies are built to be slow and involve multiple offices of all ranks to ensure quality control, consensus, and legal and ethical standards, also lessening the opportunity for government conspiracies. Number 14, need for superiority and feeling special. Some people have an urge to feel superior to others, that they are special or have unique insight. Such people that give in to conspiracy theories may call non-believers some version of the following, sheep, sheeple, normies, muggles, unlightened, ignorant masses, and zombies. I'm not making this up. These are quotes from the research I've done over the last couple of years. Some of these conspiracy theorists will maintain an air of superior intellect without, of course, providing any evidence or logic of their supposed conspiracy. They may call themselves some version of being woke, awake, awakened, conscious, spiritually superior, and that's a quote, transcended, chosen, or evolved. 15, a need for a black and white war between good and evil. Our limbic system favors simplicity. Us versus them. Our football team against our rivals. My political party against yours. This tribal phenomenon may reward conspiracy theories that oversimplify the world into good and evil, black and white. In part, this influences our subconscious to also look for good and bad sides of issues in life. To some, it may feel instinctive. And a quote from Peter Krekko, the art of tribal politics is that it shapes reality. Lies become truth and explain everything in simple terms. And political struggles, he added, become a war against good and evil that demands unconditional support for the leader of the tribe. If you talk against your own camp, you betray it and get expelled from the tribe. Number 16, deficit of critical thinking. Some people do not apply critical, independent, or logical thinking, not because of any mental deficit, but because they were not taught and not challenged in critical thinking in their early education. Number 17 is the Dunning-Kruger effect. 
that is ignorant, that is unlearned, or having not studied critical thinking, people may be unaware of how ignorant they are and may have high confidence in their conclusions. Whereas those that are well-read and steeped in sound use of methodology and evidence and logic may realize how little they actually know compared to the collective knowledge of scholars, thinking, thinkers, and society writ large. Thus, when someone buys into an unwarranted conspiracy theory, sees one YouTube video, a collection of memes, foreign propaganda, or unsubstantiated claims by self-declared experts, for example, they may be overconfident in this belief and untrusting of alternative explanations or critiques. Number 18, sharing content without reading. Something we've talked about. Playing into the addictive Twitter rage and doom scrolling of rabbit holes and echo chambers, social media users often only look to misleading clickbait headlines without critically reviewing the content and author's credentials. This is part of the current business models of most social media companies who reward scrolling and clicks over the sober analysis of the substance of ideas and articles in order to sell more personal information to, ad, uh, to advertisers and other bidders. Number 19, false equivalency, a classic logical fallacy. Some people in news outlets believe that it is only fair to provide equal time and consideration to two opposite sides of an issue, independent of the evidence and expertise behind a counterargument. For example, during COVID-19, some people in press provided equal attention on the one hand, to evidence-based medical opinion that there is and was a severe pandemic. And on the other hand, that the pandemic is a complete hoax. Both opinions are not valid. Such people, media outlets, might have done better to hear different medical professionals' opinions on the scope of the disease or ask policy analysts on the proper and realistic actions that should be taken when multiple viewpoints are valid. Just because a phenomenon is acknowledged by expert consensus does not mean the exact opposite is equally valid, especially when the opposite is touted by non-experts without evidence, without logic. Number 20 is false dichotomy. Related but not the same. Unfairly whittling down an explanation to two opposing phenomena that's what false dichotomy is about. For example, one, extraterrestrial beings often visit the planet. Versus two, all pilots have observed, or all the pilots who have observed, what appeared to be unidentified aerial phenomenon are lying. So you have these two ideas. One, that ET exists and they visit. And number two, that pilots are lying, those that have seen uh, unidentified odd aerial phenomenon. What in fact pilots, some pilots have claimed to have observed yet to be explained phenomena. That does not necessarily mean that these events are caused by extraterrestrials and it does not necessarily mean that they are outright liars. There can be a reasonable middle ground in this case. Number 21, self-sealing circularity. When a conspiracy theory stands on no evidence, then to the belief the theory may become, or to the believers, the theory may become stronger. No evidence means a savvier cover-up. So if there's not evidence, it's somehow proof that the conspiracy is a really good conspiracy. And suddenly, 
this acts, this lack of evidence actually paradoxically acts as evidence of the conspiracy itself. A lack of evidence becomes ironically strong evidence of conspiracy. Or believers might claim that the antagonists are actually part of the cover-up. So if a government or leader denies a conspiracy, then to some conspiracy theorists, that is just further evidence that the conspiracy exists. Once, some, once someone has brought into the logic or once someone is being brought into the logic of a conspiracy theory, their logic becomes self-sealed, unassailable, and circular. Evidence for or against a conspiracy are both used to strengthen said conspiracy. Number 22, psychopathy and sadism. Some people want to create or exacerbate distrust, schisms, and sometimes even personal psychological um, ill on others, not looking out for people's well-beings, wanting to hurt other for people for no particular end state except to hurt people and to hurt civil society. Number 23, lack of object permanence and abstract imagination. This is different than critical thinking. This goes well beyond a deficit of critical thinking. Some people do not have the opportunity at a young age to learn object consistency, that even when they do not see something, it still may exist. And some people did not have the opportunity to imagine phenomena that cannot be easily observed, heard, or felt that something could exist outside of their immediate surroundings. This is one highly probable reason why some people could not accept that there was a pandemic in the early months of COVID-19. They did not see or know sick people, so they immediately came to an absolute and immovable conclusion that the disease must not exist that every hospital on six continents and every health department on six continents confirmed that there was a worldwide virus was not enough to convince some people. Even two-dimensional photos of the sick and the dying to these people had in their minds to be fabricated because they could not see this with their own eyes. Number 24 is profit. Amidst chaotic events, profiteers have reliably taken advantage of conspiracy theories to make money. If a conspiracy theory or of a chaotic time leads citizens to a cure-all or place of refuge, they are always those willing to charge. And these profiteers have a vested interest in keeping these conspiracy theories going or even exacerbating worldviews without merit. For example, during a pandemic or epidemic, if some people believe that government-backed vaccinations or cures do not work or have some nefarious purpose, those may turn, those people who believe this may turn to so-called snake oil salesmen who promise an easy and natural, an easy and natural solution. If a crisis such as a war, flood, or disease is believed by some to be caused by some spiritual or moral failure, people may give some self-declared so-called spiritual leaders money to alleviate the suffering and uncertainty. Number 25 is essentialism, something that's been talked about in this course. This came up again a number of times in the last couple semesters, uh, and so I'll go over it very briefly. This is according to David Brooks. 
The world is complicated and our minds have limited capacity. So we create categories to help us make sense of things. We divide, say, the social world into types. Hipster, evangelical, nerd, white, black. These are uh, David's ideas, not mine, his words. And associate traits or characteristics with each. These judgments involve simplifications and generalizations. But we couldn't make sense of the blizzard of sensory data each day if we couldn't put things, situations, and people into some form of conceptual, con conceptual boxes. As our old friend Immanuel Kant argued, perceptions without conceptions are blind. It becomes a serious problem when people begin to believe, when people begin to believe that these mental constructs reflect underlying realities, that, these, that this is what is called essentialism, it is a belief that each of the groups we identify with are labels that actually have an essential and immutable nature rooted in biology or in the nature of reality. Essentialism may cause havoc on the mind of some conspiracy theorists. They may view, for example, government agency personnel, military service members, immigrants, billionaires, and all law enforcement and police in some immutable and absolute categories that couldn't be further from the truth when in reality these individuals or these organizations are made up of many individuals, of many beliefs and backgrounds, may enable conspiracy theories that claim entire groups of people are in on the conspiracy or all like-minded victims of such a conspiracy. I should say that again. It may enable conspiracy theories that claim entire groups of people are in on the conspiracy or are all like-minded victims of such a conspiracy. So the, other, the idea is that if you are, let's say, middle class, you can say, well, we're all being affected by that. So it's both sides, both the uh, antagonist and the victim. 26 and final, formative storytelling. Films, novels, and stories about grand conspiracies viewed and enjoyed in late childhood may influence some fans to become more or to have more vulnerability to the most exhaustive conspiracy theories. While there are many films, such as 1988's They Live, that fit this bill, there is one film that has turbocharged conspiracy theories from irrational fears over even the smallest government mandates, such as wearing seatbelts, to questioning people's very existence and meaning. I'm talking about specifically in the last 20 years. This is 1999 sci-fi action movie, The Matrix. Wildly popular for film lovers the world over, and even fodder for college philosophy classes, taking the shallow tropes as hooks to actually study philosophy, kind of a fun way to introduce people to philosophy. This movie has changed several generations of conspiracy theories. Some use the blue pill, red pill scene as an analogy. A friendly and fun and simple analogy. The red pill allows you to open your mind and see worlds behind worlds. This fun and simple analogy is used in books and classes and conversations the world over. I've probably used it in past classes myself. But there are conspiracy theories of every stripe, often associated by mainstream media as right-wing, but used just as much, if not more, by neo-Marxist, New Age healers, far-left extremists that use the film 
and the blue pill, red pill seen as quite literal. Tens of thousands of memes state some version of it was never just a movie with reference to the Matrix, with many narratives and beliefs and supposed evidence behind it. Now, normally the meaning of memes is not that the Matrix is of some higher art. It does not mean that it's more than a movie in a way that it introduces people to interesting ideas of philosophy or AI. No, that's not what this, these groups, if you will, in these wormholes believe. It's not just a movie that transcends. I think a lot of uh, fans of that movie might say that it, it transcends. It makes you think about uh, bigger issues. But instead, it's a literal, even if inexact, description of the world that most people are like sheep, program bots, stupid about their own stupidity, ignorant about their own ignorance, and tools of some great evil power. 